My name is Dr. Michael Brown, and this is Three Words, a bite-sized podcast about the simple and yet extremely strategic choices that all of us can make in order to feel fully alive. Today in the studio is my friend Steve Risky, and we dive deep into the topic of doubt. In fact, he will propose to us today, and I agree with him, that doubt is okay, that we get to be fully human. We get to question, we get to wrestle with the big ideas of life, we get to wonder about parenting and marriage and God and all those things. So often we've said doubt is something to be ashamed of, We'll learn today in this episode that it is not. It is truly okay. Enjoy this conversation. Steve Risky, it's great to have you back on Three Words Podcast here in the studio. Again, it's been several occasions we've been sitting here in this space, but for our viewers and listeners who maybe haven't met you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I love getting to do these. These Three Word Podcasts are so much fun. You guys do all the work and I just get to hang out. <laughs> but uh, to explain me, I, in a, in, in a former life, I was a clinical licensed clinical counselor and I, you know, I have all that training and everything. And then I moved into the pastorate. And those two together, the, today's subject, both of them apply greatly to it. But instead of me doing the three words, today it's your turn. Today our three words are... I like the way you flipped the script. The three yeah, words for yeah. today, Steve Risky, are doubt is okay. It's okay. So let's start with the word doubt. Mm -hmm. Describe doubt for me. Well, doubt is just believing that it's okay to, or that there might be a reason to not believe. Believing that there might be a reason not not to to believe. believe. Now, Mm -hmm. within a religious or spiritual context, it seems like doubt has always been shame on you. Don't have doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, But then obviously in marriage, there's times we doubt in parenting. We we're both parents of at times challenging children. And sometimes we doubt, are we doing this right? And is there a right way? And then obviously career and future, we could go on and on. I'm sure we'll talk about some of those topics, but why do you feel like it's okay? Well, it actually has to be, but in order to do it, let's discuss again. We did this years ago into this, how belief works. Okay. So belief has this thing where the more evidence you have, the more obvious your belief is. So a real high evidence belief would be gravity. Uh, never in my life have I had gravity fail me and never have I made a plan that thought, well, this plan will work if we can turn off gravity for a minute. Gravity's just going to be there. It works. And so I accept it. That's high level belief, right? And then there's lesser level beliefs that I have to take on evidence. So for example, if I asked you who the president of the United States is, you'd say, well, Joe Biden, right? And I'd say, oh, really? How do you know? You've never met him. You've probably actually never even seen him. But the evidence that we've lived with is so pervasive, right? That there's no rational, and if you met somebody, there's no rational reason to believe he's not uh, president. And if you met somebody who said, I don't believe it and, and get rid of all of the foolishness about the vote, but who doesn't believe he exists, we would think your doubt is foolish. Hmm. But then there's lower level beliefs. Like um, I, uh, I sometimes use this idea where I say, I have a brother named Rob who lives in Chicago. Well, for most people listening, they have no evidence besides me saying it, and then they have to figure out, is that trustworthy or not? Now, because I know you've met my brother, Rob, and you might know he's in Chicago. I don't know if you know Rob's in Chicago. I didn't, but I know Rob exists. You have evidence that your listeners don't. Hmm. You see, your belief in Rob will be foundation differently than theirs. They had every right to doubt it when I said it. Is he telling the truth or not? Because he just might have been making uh, making up a brother for the sake of the talk or whatever. They needed some sort of evidence. So doubt, just like belief, 
needs to be based on what evidence hmm. we're experiencing. Because you've made this mention before, and we've talked about this in other episodes and even off camera, but nobody wants to be a fool. Nobody wants to be a fool. And so we don't want to believe something that's not true, mm-hmm. but it's okay to doubt something that is. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. Okay. So right now, neither of our wives are pre- present. Now, both of our evidence, we've known Teresa and Sandy for years and years, would lead us to believe that our wives are being faithful to us right now and are not out cheating and all sorts of things, right? And if you told me, well, since I can't see her right now, I'm starting to doubt her, I would think your doubt was foolish because mm-hmm. it's so contravening the evidence, right? And in the same way, if you were doubting whether or not... Um, my, my Cleveland Guardians are about to start a series against the Yankees. And if you're doubting whether they're going to win, well, there's a lot of evidence that suggests they might not win. Mm-hmm. Doubt is just evidentially based. Yeah. But what, where it gets troublesome and, where, and this is where doubt becomes very painful mm-hmm. is where despite the evidence, I harbor doubt because my fear of being fooled. Notice we always talk about how fear, when fear begins to reign, it begins to twist the evidence because I'm so afraid of getting hurt. I no longer know how to trust it, even when it's there. I think it's appropriate right now to hit pause on this conversation and just encourage you if you've been dealing with doubt to continue to listen on, but particularly if you have a family or a friend who's been struggling with doubt in their own lives that you would refer and you would suggest this episode to them. Now back to the episode. You always have so much to say and I'm just processing it all, but I think obviously the key messages you're saying as a part of this podcast that doubt is okay. Mm -hmm. And there's times where it's probably not best and it's probably not reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet it's okay. Let's talk about the various contexts. So obviously spiritually, I yes. mean, there's people out there who are listening and watching today who doubt that God exists or that doubt there um, is any reason for spirituality. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of doubts within there. And I think so often within the religious context, you and I both who've spent a lot of time sure, in that, pastor, right? yeah. Yeah, in that spiritual formation realm would say to people, no, it's okay to doubt, bring your doubts to God. Like you can have honest questions. Mm. There's a conversation. What's the difference between questioning and doubting? I mean, mm. cause obviously we would say, bring your questions, bring your doubts. It's okay to doubt. Mm-hmm. I would tend to think the more you doubt and express those doubts, you actually evolve and grow and come to a greater understanding versus suppressing your doubts to articulate them, to ask where I can actually say, I doubt this, and then you get to explain to me? Or I in marriage, I doubt this is true, and then we have a conversation, or I'm doubting my parenting style. Is my parenting style working? But then, but then yeah. you and I have a conversation. It's like, no, Steve, I'm watching how you're parenting your kids, or Michael, I'm watching how you're parenting. And so I know you're doubting, but I want to give assurance you're, you're heading in the right direction. It's going to be okay. That Your questions are real. There's a lot I've just said there, but mm-hmm. help us walk through that. Well, let's let's talk about marriage for a second because it's such an easy one because we went to the absurd level of choosing to doubt that our wives aren't being faithful right now. Okay, but supposing um, uh, Teresa's having a bad day and she's got a headache and you come home and she snaps at you. Mm-hmm. Is it reasonable to doubt that she has goodwill for you right now? Mm-hmm. Now, despite years of evidence that she generally loves you and, and your wife is a fantastic human being and she's one of the people... Seriously, folks, I sometimes wonder if Teresa sins. I kid you not. But <laughs> but no, nonetheless, right? Your doubt is actually well-founded in that moment. Hmm. You don't have to doubt her whole being, but this moment has questions. So doubt isn't... And so there's a thought I want to bring to doubt here that, as you were saying, it, it clicked with me. Sometimes we act like doubt is an on-off switch. 
I either fully believe without any reservation, without any question marks, or I fully don't believe without any reservations. But it really isn't it much more like a dimmer switch where my belief has only so much ability to go forward. I, I have strong belief or I have half belief. Is it, isn't it often in the shades of gray in the middle mm. where, yeah, I, my, my wife doesn't always have goodwill for me as wonderful a woman as she is. There's times where she's having a bad day or, or maybe where, uh, I haven't cleaned up again and she's frustrated with me. And, and well, all those reasons, evidence is always what we actually should be examining. But you brought a second thought in there. We'll use God for a moment. We have, uh, in the Hobbit movies, the first time you saw, or not the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings movies, the first time you saw Gandalf sitting with one of the Hobbits and you wanted to get that difference in height. Uh, I saw an interview with the director where he said the first time, if they could get you to believe it, then they knew your eyes would just quit doubting. And so what they did was that deal where like Gandalf was way closer to the camera and, and, and Bilbo or Frodo or whoever was further away. And in doing so, forced perspective caused you to see one of them as bigger than the idea of forced perspective. And we do this with God and with one another. That what, what have you done for me lately mentality says, I will accept the evidence closest to me hmm. as being everything and I will minimize and forget even huge amounts of evidence that feel further away. So in many ways, that's why we define reality by our personal experiences. We think the rest of the world, we can interpret the world in truth because of this thing that I am experiencing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, and again, uh, one of the things that we've talked about and I've talked a lot about is fear. And, and I want to say to people and I counsel people in this regard and coach them in this. I want you to face your fears. Yes. Well, in the same way, we're talking about doubt. So I'm going to mm-hmm. keep alliterating. I want you to deal with your doubt. Yes. Because obviously I want to face your fears, but then also if doubts are there, mm-hmm. we need to deal with them. Let's get practical. Yeah. How do we deal with doubts as they emerge? Okay. So the first thing we do is we don't be afraid of them, right? That's why we want to normalize Or feel guilty them. about them. Or feel guilty. Yeah. For sure. And instead say, all right, what am I looking at? What am I seeing? And what do I do with it? Right. So that idea is second to go away, that forced perspective, not just what am I experiencing in this moment? In other words, uh, you happen to be my friend, you know, I'm going through a really hard time right now mm-hmm. in a very specific area of my life. And be, because of that, I struggle in this moment to trust in the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Now, as a general rule in my life, the goodness of God has been a much more present thing to me. And so even though right now uh, there's things falling apart and I'm struggling and it's hard, I don't erase all those other things, but I also don't erase this thing. Hmm. I have to deal with it by looking at it and holding all of it together. And some of that requires patience. And we're not a patient culture. We want everything settled right now. And sometimes it means I just have to wait until more evidence comes in. Hmm. I have to hold it here and I'm not sure. So I'll wait till more evidence comes in and then I'll decide what I believe and how I think about it. But by dealing with, by not because fear causes me to run away and just, I either trust or I don't trust or it, or with God, I'll have blind, blind, silly faith or no faith at all. And we, we stay in the middle by just saying more evidence will come in. I'll continue to examine. And so currently I'll be able to hold 78% belief or mm. something like that because we're not afraid. So what I'm also hearing you say is that when challenges and crisis and confusion comes our way, Mm -hmm. we are more prone to doubt because... In that moment. In that moment, because the evidence is now overshadowed with 
just sadness and pain and confusion mm-hmm. and so forth. And present tenseness, right? Yeah, that present tenseness. And so even, you know, again, we won't need to go into specifics, but we're talking about some really challenging parenting issues that you're Ooh, going through right yes, now. Yes. And obviously we deal with parenting issues. <laughs> All of us who are, if you're listening in as parents, mm-hmm. yeah. if, if you've uh, never had issues, wow, good mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> we have. But I know that this has been a really challenging time for you as a parent. And, uh, you know, even off camera, as you came in, we haven't seen seen each other in a few weeks and we're talking about that a little bit off camera, but uh, I'm guessing as you just described, there's real doubts you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Obviously goodness of God. I'm sure there's times where you're like doubting, you know, you're, you're a counselor, you're a pastor, Mm -hmm. you know how to do these things. Is it working? Am I using the right strategies? Uh, right? Is those things ever? <laughs> that's real. Okay. okay. Uh, but let's talk about it. So as I go through these things and people who love me, what'll happen is sometimes people say, I was go- one of my kids is going through something and the end of this thing is in doubt. I don't know how it'll turn out. Hmm. And if it turns out poorly, it would be a very difficult thing. So people come and say, I was going through something like that. And here's how it turned out. Great. Hmm. Well, that's a piece of evidence. It's a piece of evidence that says it's possible to go through these things and have it turn out great. But it's not all the evidence. There are also people who go through these things and it turns out very poorly. Yes. And that's what makes this difficult. What am I supposed to believe? I can't. Everyone who wants to say, oh, don't worry about it. It's going to turn out fine. I don't know that. Hmm. There's no evidence that will lead me to go one. It might turn out glowingly great. It might turn out pain, heart stake, heartbreakingly painful. So how do you center? So how do you center yourself in the midst of that? Knowing you don't know the outcome, Mm -hmm. um, but you have to walk through this doubt right now without knowing the outcome. How do you do that? Ah, you will, you hold both at the same time. You hold Mm. hope and that idea of what will I, what will I do? How do I accept the pain that might, we've talked about radical acceptance before Uh the pain that might come and how do I live in all of it? And what kind of answers to the questions from the spiritual end? If, if the worst happens, the good happens, how does God fit into all of it? And instead of just nailing all of my, my faith and doubt in one way without like, without anything, I accept reality and where there's question marks, I leave them as question marks. I can't see it yet. I don't know. And we've not talked about this yet, but it allows you, it allows me, it allows all of our listeners to actually be fully human. Yes. Not knowing the answers, not knowing the future, understanding we have deficiencies, that we don't, can't solve all the problems, we can't know. Um, And even when we think we know for certain, we can't be absolutely certain. And it just allows us, I mean, that's one of my most important messages I like to share with people is today you get to be fully human. Mm -hmm. And part of being fully human is doubting, questioning, asking, wondering, Mm -hmm. um, wrestling. And doubt is a wrestling match in some ways. Mm -hmm. So first thing we said is doubt is Mm evidence-based. Second thing we said is doubt's not an on-off switch. It's like a dimmer, right? Okay. One last thought about doubt. Please. And that is everybody has a default setting. In other words, where there's question marks, some people have their default set to the only virtuous thing is to is to doubt and to turn it toward that. And others have a default setting that says, given the question marks, I'm going to choose trust or belief. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, the happier people choose trust. Now, that might sound crazy because certain people who they're like, doubt will protect me because that way I'll never get fooled. 
But most things that are worth worth having in life, like love, and they have a certain degree of trust. Mm -hmm. And if you have a disposition that says, it is better to doubt all things, it will probably be a very depressing and, and honestly- Miserable. Like miserable, right? And those who have a disposition toward trust, they will get fooled and they'll get hurt, but they'll also get incredible reward. And over time, they will probably be the happier group. Well, that's a great way to end in a place of hope, mm-hmm. in a place of encouragement. Obviously, you've said some great things today, Steve, that doubt is okay, and yet we should be cautious about it, mm-hmm. particularly when it actually is our default setting, that our default setting should be trust, it should be hope, while at the same time allowing ourselves to be in process mm-hmm. and allowing ourselves to be okay with doubt. Thanks for our conversation. I'm sure we're going to have you back in the studio again. You have so many great insights. And uh, again, I I know you're actually heading into a counseling appointment now. So I appreciate you being with me and squeezing me into your day. So always a pleasure, Steve Risky. Take care. For life coaching, consulting services, or to hire a keynote speaker, please visit dmbcoaching.com.